0: This is a download from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station.
1: BFM eighty nine point nine. Good morning. You are listening to the Morning Run It's six AM on Friday, the twenty second of July. Just to note that the date is quite nice today, twenty second July, twenty twenty two. I have a thing for these things. I am Shazana Mukhtar, by the way, in studio today with Keith Kam and Wong Xiaoning. Ning. Good morning. Good morning.
2: Good morning, everyone. It's Friday, Friday.
1: So.
0: We're a bit slow off the off the starting block
1: are we? <laughs> Finally Friday looking forward to the weekend. Does anybody have interesting plans lined up?
0: Oh, we do. We do. We do. As a we are going on a little office trip.
2: I did not know that.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry, we didn't invite you, but yeah, we had, oh, oh yes, we excluded you. No, we're going on a small little office trip. Would you like to come? Actually,
2: no, I've got, I've got. Uh, sadly, I've got homework to do because uh, homework. Yeah, because my kitchen are you just... like
0: are you
1: like fifty years too old for <laughs> homework? Keith? Oh,
2: I just finished renovating the kitchen, so there's a lot of uh, sorting out to do.
1: So when you say homework, you really mean house? Literally homework. Literally work on the home, <laughs> <laughs> not as in uh, kujer skola kind of thing,
2: is it? I mean, your. You're welcome to join me.
0: (laughs) No, we're going on our field trip, which sounds far more exciting than your homework.
1: Indeed, indeed. Well, we hope that you have some interesting field trips lined up rather than housework. But regardless, on this Friday morning, we have a lot of conversations uh, on our docket. Beginning at 7.15, youth underemployment and the skills mismatch in the labour force has been under the spotlight this week. What policy prescription does the youth party Muda advocate? We're going to be speaking to the Vice President Zaidel Baharuddin for his thoughts.
2: And uh, at 7.30, ooh, the race to become UK Prime, the UK Prime Minister has come down to the final two. We've got Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss. Who is more likely to win? Patrick Diamond of Queen Mary University gives us his educated guess.
0: And then at 7.45, we break down the legal process in the Sulu Sultanate Arbitration Case and what options lay before our government with lawyer Roger Chin.
1: We'll have all this and more today on The Morning Run, so stay with us and get your weekend kick-started. BFM 89.9 that was Still Corners with the trip dedicated to everyone planning excursions for the weekend or, you know, any excursions that you have for the rest of the year. It's 6.07 a.m. You're listening to The Morning Run with Shazana Mokhtar, Wong Xiaoning and Keith Cobb. Now, the first story on our docket looks at... a. Uh, constructive feedback, really. And this is important for personal growth, right? We all need feedback in order to improve ourselves, especially in the workplace, but also in our personal and social relationships. Um, that said, criticism can be hard to take, even if it's given with the best of intentions and even if we ourselves want to be open to improving. So this article that we're looking at in the Financial Times this morning is by Esther Binsliff and she explores the psychology behind effective feedback Uh, so i have a couple of questions for the both of you this morning firstly how do you deal with receiving feedback and secondly how do you give out feedback
2: well uh let's okay i'll start because i'm at the other end, end of the spectrum i've reached a point where feedback matters uh it, it matters to me, but not as much as when I was in my twenties and thirties mm. so uh when 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 dealing with feedback uh for me i I used to feel like I was attacked in, in the initial stages, but eventually it didn't take long for me because i i maybe it's a Libra thing I adapt really oh, really, you're really quickly a Libra. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I adapt really really quickly, and um I move on from there.
1: Can I just mention that one of the things I really resonated with in this article was when the writer described the three stages that she goes through when she receives feedback, right? So you, uh, somebody gives you feedback and your first immediate reaction is, um, I'm I'm paraphrasing the stages, but the first immediate reaction is anger, like, you know, oh, you're wrong, like whatever, whatever, you can say whatever you want, you know? The second stage is despondence. Oh, I'm terrible. Oh my gosh, I'm so terrible. And then the third stage is resolve, and that's when you think, okay, so what can I do about it now and the problem is uh well we all want to get to stage three but a lot of the times or some some of the time we get stuck in stage one or two so we either remain, even just like
2: one yeah, yeah one. <laughs> we just
1: remain angry and we don't want to take in uh, we don't want to take that in or we just go like oh my gosh I'm terrible I can never change I'm horrible I shouldn't be doing this
2: I, I think there's just a lot of pride in it because uh the anger that you feel is generally because you're defensive over the work that you've put out uh, uh the, the the whatever project that you've put out if you get a negative feedback on it um I suppose, well, It's easy to say when when you've reached my age. Uh, it's easy it's easy to say when you've reached my age because it, when you when you get negative feedback, you just take it in the best of best of interest.
0: Uh, but I think a lot of it also depends on how how the person delivers it, right? So it's a two way street. So if you want to always you know you let's say you're you're the boss in the office and you want people to take something positive from it so feedback is not is not always necessarily a bad thing right mm. I mean uh, it's also good for personal <coughs> development right career development and it's so I always think it has to be people have to be mindful how it is delivered. And then when it's Absolutely. delivered also, right, where the suggestions are given in terms of improvement. So there's no point just, you know, just being the, the criticizer, Just criticise, criticise, criticise and then offer no objective help. I think that's
1: the worst kind of feedback. It's not even feedback, it's just criticism. Right. There's a difference. I think one of the points made in the article is that when you give feedback, you want to give feedback in a way that makes the person feel empowered. So not so much as... Uh, criticizing them in a way that makes them feel oh there's there's i can't change myself so they did point out um different ways to i guess word things so that uh, rather than comment on say someone's bad attitude and every it's so hard to change an attitude right you kind of feel like that's part of your personality i guess focus on other aspects that the person can work towards improving
2: maybe don't start your sentence with a uh, you suck
1: <laughs> no, yes, so, absolutely.
0: So let's say we talk about this in the in the work context, right? Mm-hmm. So when you, um, you know, actually, ironically, uh, at BFM we're doing our mid year reviews, so it is a process of a feedback, right? And I think we had the morning run, had our session yesterday with our founder Malik Ali, and I think the tone in which it took place makes a huge difference, right? So everyone's very calm, and I think you always it, it's just psychology. It's good to start off with the positives. Mm-hmm. Right, what we are grateful for, be thankful for everyone's efforts, uh, and then work our way down to how we can change and tweak things. But it to me, it's like a a two way street. It's not a it's not a one way street. So, and you're right. I think one thing, Keith, you brought up, which is so true, is as you get older, right, it feels less painful. Maybe when you're younger. There's a bit of like Pride Pride and thin feel, skin yeah. But after working for 20 years You're like Ah lah whatever
1: like Everyone has <laughs> said, said anything to you Before you heard it before But I do think that's contextual right So in some cases As you grow older You may feel like I'm more impervious to Feeling hurt with bad uh, feedback But say that you're starting out In a brand new field You know If if you're a doctor But you're going into stand-up comedy I think that was one of the examples Given in the article It's still going to hurt When you oh, get bad feedback Oh I remember my
0: first bad email From listener complaining about my breakfast grill. And today, it still scars me. So yes, it's
2: true. I got that too about my accent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell us what you think. You know, how do you deal with uh, criticism? Um, How do you give constructive feedback that's effective? We'd love to hear from you. WhatsApp us 0187898899 or tweet us at BFM Radio. We're heading into some messages. We'll come back to discuss how much progress we've actually made in gender equality. BFM 89.9. Moon Dance by Van Morrison. You are listening to The Morning Run, 6.20am. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Ning and Keith Kam. Now we're moving on to a somewhat controversial topic, or more like an uncomfortable topic, because we all want to believe that we're making progress in gender equality. But, but are we? Because this morning we're looking at an article from the Harvard Business Review written by Aviva Wittenberg Cox that has the rather provocative title of if you can't find a spouse who supports your career, then stay single. And the idea is that women, uh, professionally ambitious women... aren't really able to go to the pinnacle of their career if they're married to someone who doesn't fully support uh, their ambition, essentially. And if they really want to go all the way to the top, uh, it's either you need to have a fully supportive uh, partner or no partner at all. Because otherwise, you will be forced to compromise um, with your other half.
0: I don't know. I find this article very, like, it's like, winner take all or, or loser take all it's either like very left or very right right is there no middle ground I mean it, it, it it's based on data to be fair she does some statistics in terms of uh, using the the increasing number of gray divorces as indications that you know there's a split between the family unit especially women resent after a while that they are the ones who have had to take a back step in their car- uh, you know in their career and they've done this because their husbands weren't supportive or maybe the husbands didn't do enough in the family unit and I'm not saying that it doesn't happen it does happen for sure. I've seen some of my girlfriends do that where after they hit 40 they're like, what is this all about? You know, I'm, I've been the one that's just given up everything for the family unit. When is he going to put put in his share? And then the resentment builds. And then the problem is that nobody talks about it. And then before you know it, they kind of just separate it. So I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm not sure it happens. It's,
1: it's as simple as that. I, I don't think anything's simple about yeah. the article, Relationships really. are always complex, right? I think the truth of the matter is, though, a lot of women do feel that their role is to manage the family, to manage the household. And oftentimes, they decide that, okay, that is more important to me than work. Mm. And that's fine. That's absolutely a yeah. valid decision. But is that decision really based on the fact that they had equal opportunity to choose another option? It could be because they felt they didn't have that other option because their husband's career, uh, the husband wasn't willing to take that 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 decision either. So mm-hmm. I feel like the default is, yes, the default is the woman will be the one to take the backseat in her career to take care of the family. The husband will advance in his career. That's the default. I- so right now we want to kind of uh, shift that balance to make it so that both uh partners can can have can have a decision
2: and that shaz is the result of a very patriarchal society that's been in place since time immemorial um, but having said that though uh, going into a relationship any relationship whether it doesn't even put, have putting, to be a
0: marriage, right? No, no. Yeah. Putting,
2: putting career aside, uh, I always, I've always believed that honesty is really, really the best thing. Again, you know, I, I play the, I play the age card again. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's things that I've learned a- along the way, and I find that uh, being completely honest with whoever you are in a relationship with, whether it's romantic or even with work. I I've always felt that this is one of the best ways to get to get by in life. You know, going back to your first story as well on 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 feedback, if you're open and honest about any uh feedback that you give, it's it's always a positive for everyone.
0: Yeah. So have that conversation, have that conversation very early. Don't leave it too late, right? And don't feel like society or family norms are are what pressuring you to which is agree, easier eh? said
1: than done. And I think it really needs a, a societal push, you know. So you could believe that. And I think the most important is not is society is one thing. It's the partner is the other most
0: important thing. So
1: that was what the article pointed out. Because mm. these husbands, and this is what kind of struck me, because they were their subset, their study was looking at educated people, you know. Yeah. Those who believe that they're progressive. Those who believe that, yes, we believe in equality. But but what if the husband have, earned a lot more money?
0: That's, again... Oh. Because you want to be practical, right? So let's say you have three children and you have to send them to study and your husband earns a lot more money than you. And you are also going well in your career. Who makes the sacrifice? You know, these are the things that
1: well, you can theorize, but when it comes, push comes to shove, what happens then? I mean, I I, I understand what your point mm. is. But I, like I said, I do think that um, this isn't as I guess well discussed or well um, thought out of in as it should be. I don't know. I feel like it's not that it's not as easy as maybe that maybe
0: have these conversations not so late into the relationship or into the marriage but have these discussions very early onset and say what your agenda is for your life what is your what are your plans also and keep, then have a listen in terms of what his plans are
2: also keep these conversation channels open all the time because uh circumstances change you yeah know? yeah
1: for sure. Well, tell us what you think. Do you? How easy is it to uh, rebalance the shift of who does the housework, who takes care of the family in a marriage or relationship? You can WhatsApp us at 0187898899 or tweet us at BFM Radio. We are heading into the 6.30 a.m. News Bulletin and we'll come back after that with a look at global headlines. Taking you to the Bulletin is the Electric Light Orchestra with Don't Let Me Down, BFM 89.9. That was Hang On To Your Love by Shaday Wong Xiaoning's, one of Wong Xiaoning's favourite artists. You're listening to The Morning Run with Xiaoning, Keith and Shazana. 6.41 in the morning, it's that time of day where we take a look at what's making headlines around the world. Keith, I think you have a rather sad story to start us off with it's, this morning.
2: It's sort of sad, but uh, hopefully it'll end on a happier note. Uh, the sad part is that the world's oldest male giant panda in captivity has died Uh At Ocean Park in in Hong Kong. I've Um,
0: seen that panda, by the way, guys. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to Ocean Park more than once.
2: Well, well, uh, An-An. That's that's his name. Uh, An-An. An-An. Okay, so cute. I think it means peace. Um, Yeah, which
0: is also my name, by the way.
2: Oh, Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> You're not a panda though. Um, um, I
0: look a little bit like one, but never mind. I done Depends breasts. on the time of day and, and, <laughs> yeah. and
2: what you've been up to. Maybe uh, a
1: red panda, shall we?
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, An-An was euthanized at the age of 35. Um, he he had, he had already been starting to show signs of um, he, of, of old age. Uh, the usual life expectancy of, of pandas is 20, but they tend to live a little longer when they are in captivity activity um age 35 the equivalent to a human age is 105 so
1: it sounds like a life well lived. yeah Yeah. and and i think it's interesting also the fact that um i guess he is he's really helped in the in the conservation effort overall right because pandas were close to extinction like a couple decades ago but now they're flourishing even in the wild so i think that's uh, you know it's a good thing he has dedicated his life for a good cause
2: Anan's uh, mate Jaja, who, who who died at the age of thirty eight, slightly older than than he was. Uh, she died uh, six, six, six years ago. He had been living in Hong Kong since nineteen ninety nine. Born in Sichuan, and he was part of this uh, uh, gift from the Beijing central government. This panda diplomacy mm. that 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 uh, China is well known for. Mm-hmm. In fact, we have our own at Zunegara. Um, the good news is that we've recently got our, we've got our own panda family there. <laughs> <laughs> You should check them out. I mean I, I I haven't checked them out yet, but I would uh, I will one one of these days. considering I live quite close. Um, Liang Liang and Sing Sing they've had three cups while they are here. One has been sent back. Uh, another one another one is still here and recently um, Sheng Yi was Christian like two months ago. So, Sheng Yi is the latest edition.
1: Hooray for pandas. Hooray for pandas, indeed. What about you, Xiaoning? What are you looking at this morning?
0: Well, because I'm such a boring person, I'm looking at Italy melting, uh, literally, right? No, no, right? pandas
1: are a much happier <laughs> okay. thing to think about this morning. <laughs> well,
0: guess what? The heat wave is also affecting them. Uh, their politics anyway. So, Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi has a, is going to basically... I think his resignation has been accepted and it's basically going to plunge the country into months of political turmoil just as economic warning
1: signs start to flesh. So it looks like they're heading for a snap elections in the fall. And it's interesting, yeah, because Mario Draghi is actually a really popular figure in political circles in Italy. He's well thought of. I think he has a very good reputation and good relationships. But yes. even that wasn't enough to bring together a very fractured political uh, landscape.
0: Yeah, so just as an indication of how popular he was. I mean, he did have a confidence vote. Uh, And he won it late Wednesday with 95 senators voting in favour and 28 against. But the ballot had little significance as the centre-right league... And Forza Italia, as well as the five-star movement, did not take part. So that's why it just the government just fell apart.
1: And in the end, you know, I think Mario Draghi is a person who knows when when it's time to step back and, and pass the reins on. He, he did the best that he could. And uh, I think that's also a lesson in humility and, uh, you know, being humble in your work. Uh, in any case, maybe one last headline. I think you've got some more headlines for us, Keith. Maybe a quick one to round up?
2: Yeah, a really quick one. Uh, but... It's gonna go back to conservation again. I mean, we've got <laughs> like not? really, we've got like really, really good news here. Global tiger numbers have increased by forty percent since twenty fifteen. We've got four and a half thousand uh, of these cats this year. Uh, population of the species have shown the biggest growth in India, Nepal, and China. And uh, the other interesting thing is that I learned today that cheetahs don't only exist in Africa. They've actually been in Asia for mm. for the longest time, and India is is preparing to reintroduce the species into the country after seventy years.
1: We will take all these conservation wins where we can get them. Shall and you? very quickly we wish uh, President
0: Biden a speedy recovery because he's just contracted uh, COVID nineteen, uh, and his symptoms are very mild thanks to the fact that he's had two vaccinations and, and also two, two booster. booster jabs.
1: And I bet they'll be giving him Paxlovid. Yes, sure he's, he's already, taken he's already in, it the yes. best. Treatment. Uh, 6.45 in the morning. We're heading into some messages. We're going to come back with a look at what's making headlines in our local newspapers and portals. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. That was Queen with these are the days of our lives. Indeed, they are, so make the most of it. You're listening to The Morning Run with Shazana Shauning and Keith. 6.51 on Friday, the 22nd of July. We do have some comments weighing in on conversations we've had earlier this morning. Uh, Who has tweeted us, Shauning? Robert.
0: Ghetto tweeted in, and he says it's an interesting topic when we talk about gender equality within a marriage or relationship. This is in this is in reference to that Harvard Business Review, right? Where uh, you know, if you want to if you want to have a career, woman, you have to stay single. Um, and he says one thing for sure: uh, stereotypical roles are a big thing within society, and therefore they they are embedded in our behavior. Honesty between partners should clarify priorities, and I so agree with this. Have that conversation. Have those conversations. All the time, yeah, and oh. early, early, early in the relationship.
1: Okay, well, tell us what you think. You can WhatsApp us or tweet us. We are turning our attention now, though, to the headlines uh, in our local newspapers and portals. Um, Shauning, would you like to start us off? Uh, first off, maybe something that isn't so uh, like open because it's about the
0: MPs who asked for a debate on Sulu claims and what they got instead was a briefing at a hotel at Sri Pacific. Why, why can't they debate it in parliament and then they need to go to a hotel? But anyway, this is reported in the Malaysia Kini.
1: I think that's an interesting development and uh, it's a closed door meeting. Uh, I think there was no media allowed and there was no media briefing given after. So we don't know what the contents of that discussion are. Um, it's something that we need to keep watch on. And we will be discussing the Sulu Sultanate arbitration case later on in the show at 7.45. So stick around for more conversations on this. And what do you have in front of you, Keith? So, it's
2: uh, something, some information that came out uh, from Parliament as well, um, from our, from our fam- Women, Family, and Community Development Minister Datuk Sri Rina Harun. She revealed that uh, more, there were more than two thousand senior citizens abandoned at hospitals nationwide from 2018 to 2022. Seven hundred and fifty in 2021 alone. Wow. that's at the height of the of the pan- pandemic. Mm. Um, Well, and the good news is that out of this number, some 900 have actually ended up going home to their families. Um, And, you know, none of those abandoned. Interestingly enough, none of uh, those who were abandoned, they all had uh, spouses, children and or siblings.
1: This is a really crucial issue to be paying attention to because as we know, Malaysia is an aging population and this is just an example of what could happen moving forward if we don't have the right policies in place to ensure uh, welfare protections for the elderly. Um, so I'm glad you brought this up, Keith, and I am and I really do hope policymakers are uh, paying attention to this and taking action early because otherwise uh, we will be in a pickle not too long in the future.
0: Yeah, because we're going to be like Japan by 2056 in terms of the right. number of uh, um, You know, elderly in society. Uh, I've got an interesting article from the CEO, Morning Brief, and it's a little bit more on the business front. It's actually entitled Chaya Matasu's former ED, five others for alleged fiduciary duty breaches. And this is in relation to a loss, I think, worth 67 million uh, ringgit. So they are basically, the consultants, KPMG, came out with the findings to say that there were gaps. And it's very seldom we actually we see corporate Malaysia going, up, go out, going after its previous uh, director's and I think this is a good move, actually, because you know, there you are accountable when you're in positions of power. But also, what what did the board do? Why was everything approved? And you know, what kind of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, what is the right words? Like, you know, uh, how do I put it? What did the board do to allow this to happen? Was there enough uh, disclosure? Did the directors know as much as they should have? These are the questions I would ask.
2: Uh, Accountability. Accountability.
0: Why? I couldn't find that word, Keith. Thank you very much. because
2: it's a foreign word in Malaysia.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not often seen, right? Or heard of.
2: Touché. Oh, no, the meaning of. Touche.
1: <laughs> well, on that note, it's 6.56 in the morning. We are heading into the 7 a.m. News Bulletin. And then after that, we'll take a look at how global markets closed overnight. Taking you to the news is Be Sweet by Japanese Breakfast, BFM 89.9.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to BFM.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.